begins at Luke chapter 8, 19 to 21. Now Jesus' mother and brothers came to see him, but they were not able to get near him because of the crowd. Someone told him, your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to see you. He replied, my mother and brothers are those who hear God's word and put it into practice. This is the word of the Lord. Why don't we pause and pray? Father, you speak to us in prayer. You speak to us in silence. You speak to us in the lyrics of the songs that we sing. And you speak to us when we open up the word of God. Father, your word is true, it's timeless, it corrects, it inspires. And so this morning we sit under the authority of your word. And speak through your servant, Philippe, as he has prepared a message in his heart. Would you use him this morning as your voice to us? And may our hearts be receptive and be willing to obey what we hear. We humbly ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Good morning. This Sunday marks the halfway point in our series, Meeting Jesus. The series started a while back, if you remember, when David Nacho shared about the freedom that we have when we meet Jesus. Then we heard about Sabbath with Danny, uh, new wine skins, fresh life, life with Susanna, and last week with Dr. Claudia Rosetto. She talked about judging others. And in this series, is, um, our hope is for us to witness how Jesus healed, took away shame, included and restored people who didn't think they were worthy of love, worthy of connection and belonging. So in a similar way today, as we talk about family, I hope we can meet Jesus and find healing, restoration and belonging. I don't know if you ever noticed, uh, but Latino families, uh, they have a peculiar way of teaching their family members. Um, by when they want to make a point, usually they point out to another family, family members as an example. Yes, if you're Latino, you know where I'm going here. So at Christmas wedding or parties, parties there will always be a nun that will come to you and say, See your cousin Miguel already has two children and there is one more on the way as his new girlfriend is pregnant. Yeah. When, so, mijo, mira, when are you going to have kids? Or when are you going to get uh, a, a, a spouse or, 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 or get married? So there is a burden on you to live out the expectation of the family in that sense. My Asian friends, on the other hand, have told me about the joke that is embedded with a little bit of shame. When at Chinese New Year, and you are a little bit older in age and still single, <laughs> then your aunt comes to you and gives the red envelope. <laughs> if you're not familiar with the red envelope, you, you ask our uh, Asian community in our church, they will tell you a little bit more. But bottom line here is that, um, the red envelope is given to children at uh, New Year, 
And once you get married, supposedly you won't receive the red envelope anymore. So if you're still single and get getting the red envelope from your aunt, it is a joke. It's a little bit of, of shame in there. And uh, uh, usually a phrase comes along with that. I hope this is the last year that I'm giving you the red envelope. <laughs> so in fact, in fact, there is uh, this family expectation probably in every culture, when you should get married, when you're going to have kids, when you're going to start going to church, etc. And in order to feel that you belong to the family, you have to accomplish certain cultural expectations. So our passage today talks about family and embedded with that passage uh, some expectations. So I want to explore two aspects of this passage today with you. The first one is that Jesus is starting a family that is bound by hearing God's word and put it into practice. So we are a big family here committed to live out our lives according to the word of God. And secondly, it is a consequence of that. Since we are family centered on God's word, it means that in this family, our ties go beyond blood, ethnicity, and even cultural expectations. So the first point, well, as I mentioned, Jesus is emphatic to say, my family are those who hear God's word and put it into practice. If you have noticed, in the beginning of this chapter, chapter 8, we found the passage of the good soil, where a seed fell on the good soil, it came up, yielded a crop, and a hundred times more than what was sown. It's a very well-known passage here. So then comes the, this passage that we just read today, the, 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 fam, the family passage. And uh, uh, Jesus here is expanding on what was said before. If you hear God's word and put it to practice, you become part of Jesus' family. And hopefully you're going to bear fruits. So Jesus is creating a new family. So before Jesus was born, in order for someone to be part of God's family, you had to be born in a certain region, certain ethnicity, etc. But now Jesus is breaking the bloodlines and creating a new family that is beyond our imagination. Jews and Gentiles are together now through God's world. Here God is not concerned about a certain stereotype of family, but is looking for people who have a good soil in their heart to receive his message in order to thrive. A family that is centered on his teachings. My mother, brothers, and sisters are those who hear God's word and put it into practice. It doesn't matter if you're Jew or Gentile. I don't know if you have noticed, but we have two young adults in our, in our church who recently arrived from Ukraine and are now part of our church, Yakiv and Volodymyr. Um, on Thanksgiving weekend, I was talking with them, and Yakiv told me that when he was little, his father told him that wherever he goes, in any part of the world, if he sees a church, or especially a Baptist church, <laughs> he could enter it with confidence that there he will find people who would welcome him. There he could find brothers and sisters 
that are a big part of this big family of Jesus and, and would take care of him. And that's it. That is the confidence that we should expect from people around the world. A sisterhood, a sisterhood, a brotherhood that embraces and welcomes people no matter where they come from, no matter their status. We embrace and welcome people because we hear God's word and in response to the work of Jesus Christ at the cross, we welcome people into this family. If you're new to the city, or if you're new to this church, I want to tell you that despite our flaws and our brokenness as a community, I want to tell you this, that you are welcomed here. No matter your ethnical background, no matter where you come from, no matter the language that you speak, Jesus loves you, and we love you too. And we'll care for you, we'll walk with you, and we'll feed you good food, hopefully. <laughs> and, and if you are trying to honor God and seek Jesus, this is your family. You now have found a home. He's, recently, I've been listening to a, a Brazilian song called Vilarejo, which is uh, translated as small village where the lyric invites us to imagine, imagine uh, the paradise as a small village with peace, abundance of fruit, bread at every table, overflow of breast milk and strong kids. And then the lyric goes like this, everyone fits there. Everyone is welcome there from Palestine to Shangri-La. Two Fridays ago, uh, we had an amazing Thanksgiving dinner with around 40 people come together to eat and give thanks to the Lord for what he has done in our midst. People from Ukraine, Hong Kong, Malaysia, Canada, Mexico, Iran, Nigeria, Brazil, etc., etc. And while they were delighting themselves over turkey, ham, stuffing, and all the Thanksgiving uh, food, this song kept playing in my mind. Yes, that's the kingdom of God. Everyone fits there. Everyone is welcome. People from Palestine to Shangri-La coming together at the table. I dream with the day that these parties will happen um, less on Friday and more during the weekdays at our connection groups and our Sundays. A second aspect of this text that I mentioned to you, it's because we are family centered on God's word the barrier of ethnicity is gone. The barrier or the bloodlines is also gone in this family. But not, not only this, but also the burden of cultural expectation in Jesus' family is gone. I believe that Jesus invites us to be part of a family that is something bigger than what we expect. I believe that our perception of what is family is quite narrow to what Jesus offers us. I grew up listening uh, to a Christian jargon that says, family is God's project. And behind that jargon, jargon is that the expectation or the burden that every person in the church should get married, have two, three kids, 
more than that, you would be seen as irresponsible because it's too many kids. <laughs> and, then, and then your family have to come every Sunday to the church. Then their next steps are tithing, uh, uh, helping uh, financially, contributing financially to the church. And if possible, you become an elder, a deacon, a leadership of the church. As if those who achieve this status are on top of their spiritual journey with God. And the idea of a family, this, this idea of a family, which is common among evangelicals, evangelical culture, has brought a lot of pain to many people. And ultimately, this, this idea this, 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 that I just described to you communicates that your spiritual journey is not complete or you are missing out God's plan for your life if you're not married and don't have kids, which is not true. When I look at the families in the Bible, I don't see this ideal of a family as the best way that you can accomplish God's calling for your life. If you look at the Old Testament, it's a disaster. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, David, come on, Solomon, just horrible examples of family. And in the New Testament, Jesus himself had to detach himself to, from his family in order to carry his mission. The apostles are never put together with their family when they go around ministering. And women who were disciples of Jesus, they were never portrayed with their husbands and their children. So this, this idea of a husband, wife, two kids, and a dog <laughs> it just isn't there. Not that this, 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 this is wrong. I'm not saying that family like, is wrong. On the contrary, there's a lot of benefit for the church community, for the society, for the family members themselves when they live in this healthy nuclear family. But what I say here is this is not your ultimate goal in Christian life, in your Christian life. Jesus is calling you to be part of his family despite your marital status. What he wants to do in your life, he will accomplish, he will do, whether you get married or not, have kids or not. So let me tell you uh, a few words of grace in this matter. For you who are single and not looking for a spouse, Jesus loves you and welcomes you into his family the way you are. For you who are single and is still looking for a spouse, I pray that you find someone. As a married person, I, I don't know the pain that you go through during this journey. So I'm not in a place to speak from a, a single perspective. But this I can tell you. Please don't think that you're missing out on a special relationship with God because you don't have a spouse. Jesus still loves you. Jesus loves you. 
for you who went through a divorce and perhaps are feeling confused or hurt, you are not less. Or you're not missing out something special that God has only for married couples. Jesus loves you. And Jesus loves your children too. And I, I pray that First Baptist will be a place that we can grow together as a family of God. As a community that values married and singleness. A place that offers the warm feeling in your heart. That warm feeling of a home. A family that goes beyond our ethnicity, social status, and a family that does not impose the evangelical family ideal on every member of our community. And lastly, I want you to know that in Jesus, you're loved, deeply loved by him, the way you are. We, we, we say this, before we say an amen here, we, I know that we say this word at every service, at the end of the service, but I wanna emphasize this today. At the end of the service, there'll be prayer companions here in front, willing to pray for you and your family. If you feel that you need a prayer, please come forward. They'll be delighted to pray with you and for you. Amen. You've been listening to the First Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. For more sermons and information about our church's services and programs, please visit firstbc.org.